preachers at the church like to say, we ain't gonna take long, but we're going to take our time. We'll talk about all the TV, movies, and music that define our everyday blackness. Welcome to the Black Card Podcast. for the show everybody all right and so the word (laughs) she was like (laughs) 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 no so look so look she sitting up here and this is the thing she she sitting up here arguing me down y'all like i did not know the word is segue right (laughs) and she (laughs) keeps saying seg Sig and I like I I typed up the notes so I'm trying to figure out what the fuck like maybe I like you know took a couple letters off or maybe I abbreviated and she's like yeah you know I ain't know it was spelled Sig and the other Segway is like the little motorized bike I like what the fuck are you talking about I like S E G U E she like yeah Sig I was like April that's Segway she was like <laughs> she she didn't went she didn't opened up the laptop and had Google pronounce it for her and now she's because i didn't believe you okay i get your point i get your point i get your point you got it oh man oh man god damn it got out of here real fast it did i'm sorry hold on i gotta turn the air up okay i thought it was just me yeah intro intro the show the mic's on the mic yeah what does bird always say what's going on everybody this your boy bird i'm april d you're Jay Will. And I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Black Car Podcast. Today we got shots of Ciroc, that Diddy, Redberry, tap glass, tap glass. We're going to shoot to finding out the hard way that April can't read. <laughs> and I don't even think you went to public school, did you? I did go to public school. The whole time? Um, Sixth grade on. Mm. Well, I guess that was public school reading you did. Don't do that. <laughs> Listen, the, like English is the hardest language to read. Like we have the hardest language. What other languages do you know how to read in? Uh, first of all, I took four years of Spanish in high school. Don't do that. How many years have you been speaking English? Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm just saying, it's a hard language. This I gotta look up the origins of this word. <laughs> this is your first time seeing segue in black and white. Yeah. But talking about school, man. Getting ready for school in the morning used to be such a, like, experience. I remember the radio station used to have, like, this guy that would play the horoscopes. And uh, I don't know why I used to be so fixated on the horoscopes every morning. I would be like, what are you going to say about Pisces today? Even at a young age. You're a Pisces? I'm a Pisces. Fish. I'm an Aries. Like, that'd be you before me? It's right after. Right after? Mm-hmm. No, I thought that was Aquarius. No. It goes from. Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, O, Libra. See, I know Beyonce. I forgot the rest of it. Oh, I'm about to, <laughs> I was like, sitting here. I'm impressed. I'm like, how the fuck did she know this shit? <laughs> it's like, was you one of the people that you know that the uh, the states and like their capitals, like you knew their little song? I knew it. There was a state song we had, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, getting ready for school, man, you used to have like MTV and shit on. And we were talking the other day. And... Black people have a very strong affinity 
of white music. Like, we really used to fuck with white songs. What's your, like, Jay, what's some of your favorite white songs growing up? I mean, I can say this. It wasn't so much as me remembering the names, but I do remember the artists. Like, listen to someone like Sun 41, Blink-182, like, all the small things, of course. It was a lot of options at that time. Okay, you want to know mine? Yeah. You ready? Okay. I feel like so, you probably should have like the widest list of everybody. I don't understand why you feel that way. But since you said that, so one song I really used to like was a song called um, Bring Me to Life by Evanescence. So I don't necessarily know all of the artists per se, but I always kind of knew the songs. Because like we said, in the morning when you're getting ready, like VH1 and MTV used to play these little sets of music or whatever. And it was never really stuff that I typically listen to. Like they might throw a little... I don't know, Usher, yeah, in there, but that ain't a black song for real. So, like, I, okay, so Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. I mm-hmm. love that song. Linkin Park, In the End. You remember, it's like a, a white rap song. You remember uh, Alien Ant Farm, Smooth Criminal? Mm. And then, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Andy? It's like, bruh, how the fuck did, out of all the people in music, do these white guys remake Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal. And it's like the only song that I know of them to make. And nobody says a word. You think the motherfuckers are passing with that shit to now and today? Oh, no. Oh, hell not no. Either. Absolutely nah. not. Not now. Because you couldn't even probably get a sample of music as far as being approved the way it was. But the music was different also back in those days. But you know Michael Jackson had to hear it first. He had to. He probably liked that shit. Because that shit go hard. Yeah. I mean, it was inevitable. So... Bruh, I used to listen to, like, Green Day on... Oh, Wake Me Up When September Yes, ends. bruh. I oh, love man. that oh, song. Oh, look, and don't let it be, like, a little bit of rain. Bruh, I try. Wake me up when September ends. Oh, it's going to sound so bad. Whatever, bruh. We're going to turn this this uh show into karaoke. Basically. Bruh, Green Day was so hard. I was trying to think, what other... No doubt. No, that was, um... What's old girl's name? Gwen. Yeah, but the group, though. Itself. Oh, what song did what song did No Doubt have? Gwen I remember Gwen. Solo, but yeah. No Doubt was the whole group, and that was the '96 to '99 era. Waking up in the morning and Papa Videos was also popping. Pop, pop, Papa, Papa Videos. Videos. I thought that was cool because you got the little facts about right. what was going on, mm-hmm. bro. I couldn't even watch the video come to like I read, read slow, so it's like. <laughs> so you read slow, I can't read. Okay, Lord. I'm not telling on myself, but y'all go ahead. <laughs> Hey, bro, it went, like, bro, outside of, like, the music videos that we grew up on and, like, the white music, you remember, like, one of my favorite bands, like, these soulful brothers. Y'all ever heard... Sync. Fuck, fuck the fuck out. <laughs> Sorry, I tried to guess. Go ahead. The, the, okay. the nerve of you. This might be a little too... It's <laughs> iron. She, she just said NSYNC. Hey, I'm not even... Oh, which side did you take on the NSYNC and Backstreet Boys battle? Like, who would I... Who... Like, who was your... Who, who are your guys? I mean, I was an NSYNC girl just because I love Justin Timberlake. Like, mm-hmm. literally, that's that was. There's no reason to rhyme behind. Can it. anybody name a member of Backstreet though? Was that Backstreet, Lance? Was that no, no, no? Was See, it? You know, you question me yourself. NSYNC was popular. Wait, who are the Backstreet Boys? Were popular Who's too. Who's Joey? Joey Fatone. Was that was that Joey? Joey Fatone. Did I make that up? Did you just ask me a question that you ain't had an answer to? I was just asking you because I was saying that I think NSYNC probably was more popular. You got to reach back now. I know you probably don't know this group if you've never worked in the atmosphere in which they had to listen to the soft rock station. Mm-hmm. But 
Howlin' Oats. That's what they call Blue-Eyed Soul. Two guys. I've never... They did like Sarah Smile, Maneater, You're a Rich Girl, and yeah. You've Gone Too Far. That's all Howlin' Oats. To this day, I listen to Howlin' Oats all the damn time. Yeah. In the year 20 of 20. So y'all had any like white folks that had so much soul, you didn't know that they was white until you like saw the video or some shit? What's my man's name that I went to his concert? Um, Post Malone? No. I <laughs> <laughs> Yo, sorry. It was a full session of this. It was his Christmas concert. I bet you wondering where I've been. Bobby Caldwell. Bobby Caldwell. <laughs> like, y'all. And that was such an amazing. That was, sh- such excuse amazing. me. Such an amazing concert. Like, first of all, because the song you really didn't know, like, he won, he won, like, a black artist award for it or something, like, way back when, and then they found out he was white. Like, really? yeah. So, so you won an NAACP award? I don't know if it was NAACP, <laughs> but it was some award meant for black music, and uh, they didn't know that he was white. Did they have, he had to give it back? I don't know. I don't Ooh, know. Imagine, imagine that conversation. Like, hey, Bobby, uh... I mean, his name Bobby. Right. Like I was, like, and no phones. You really had to contact him. Yeah, like, bro, you know. you're right. There was no way for them to really yeah, know. Like it had to be a face to face or that means that they listened to him. They was like, "Ain't no way." This <laughs> man is like, I don't know if y'all really remember too much, but uh, y'all remember Michael Bolton? Yeah, that man sounded like that was a soulful ass white man. Yeah, when a man loves a woman, dog. Michael Bolton, I think. The cool thing about him, he's referenced in like so many movies. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. when he in a forty old version, wasn't that when they talking about him? When he wasn't playing on, yeah. repeat, on uh-huh. the uh, screens, yeah, crazy, crazy. But outside of like these white boys with soul, you know what that makes me think of? How we used to let these white boys get on these features in some of our songs, yeah. And they used to like really kind of kill it, like when uh, Gwen Stefani and Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what song was that? Let me blow your mind. Yeah, they were driving, driving down the street on the four wheeler and uh-huh. stuff. They really, folks were really out here getting street passes. Right. No, is that Gwen Stefani? Yeah. That's Gwen Stefani. Okay. Because yeah. I always get them. Pink was another person that was like. <laughs> All right. I feel that Pink gets the black pass. That Christina Aguilera deserves. Oh, I love Christina Aguilera. Exactly. I had her on cassette. But why do you feel that way? So, Christina Aguilera was like kind of edgy. Made, you know, a couple songs that black people fucked with. Really fucked with black people. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out. You see, Pink wasn't on uh, Ladies Night. Ladies Night. Good Lady call. Marmalade. Oh. Maybe it was the L.A. Rico sign. I mean, he was the one to find her. He tried to make her an R&B artist. Right. See, later she found a different lane. But then, and then you talk about white folks that could sing and you ain't know they were black. Christina Aguilera was that level of like soulful mm-hmm. singing. JoJo. What about JoJo? You know how they talk about like light-skinned people happen because like slaves were raped <laughs> back in the day? I feel like it's so reverse form of that how JoJo came along. Like she's a white woman, but there's a whole bunch of... It's a whole lot of soul in her. Mm-hmm. She from your favorite, Boston. Hey, bro, Fiend Town, baby. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. It's it's interesting when you come across like these white folks with these good ass voices, because you think about the culture. We really like <laughs> we put it like this: a white person can't just have soul. Like you have to look at a white person and dissect and be like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. 
we really want to know. It's almost like, who's your daddy? Where you from? <laughs> what church you went to? Uh, <laughs> you like something has to explain how you and this pale skin can sing so black. Hello. What about Eminem? Like, I feel like Eminem is a white rapper, but I never put him in a white rapper category. It's weird. He was never in a white rapper's category category per se, but he's like white people's Tupac. Yes. Yeah. Like but his music was weird too. Like it wasn't like ours, mm-mm. but and he wasn't I, white. That's what I'm saying. The irony of it is, Dr. Dre was your producer. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally built you up from scratch. But mm-hmm. you, because I mean, of course, you know he was a battle rapper. So how do you actually label Eminem as far as to the importance of black culture and rap? Like April said, the content was not for us. But the skill level was something that we could appreciate. It's almost like the perfect mix of the two. So you got his whiteness talking about killing his mom and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Shit, nigga, like, all right, I don't really fuck with that shit. That, yeah. you know, I don't know. My mama killed me before I get to <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? We couldn't really relate. But the skill level in which he is pattern and putting words together, I think we were like, hey, this white boy got some flow to him. Like, mm-hmm. he got some talent to him. I'm a Eminem fan, and you guys always pick fun at me about it. I, I try to tell you, you're just racist. I don't, personally, because, you know, I told you before, the way he did Jay-Z on that Renegade song, I don't care if it was pre-recorded, whatever. He murdered that man. Like, straight slaughtered him. I'm in my bag today because we're talking about white songs. You're in your bag with this white music, bro. Because this is the stuff that, like, TRL, when I came home, like, I, I did, like, 106 in Park, but, like, TRL would come on and bring what was the um What was the uh, host of TRL? What was his name? Ke- Carson, Carson Daly. Daly. Bruh, that motherfucker, like, made it. He's still and going, he, and he's a, the he host of the, is it The Voice or something like that? The Carson Daly show? Yeah, like a night show for a minute, too, didn't he? Neither confirm nor deny. If you think about it, think about how much money that man just to get just to stand up there and be like the number ten song is. <laughs> but you know, like it didn't start off as like a, a audience thing either. Like they were just in the studio, and then like people started going outside in uh, Times Square, yeah, and they started having people in there. But the name of the show is Total Request Live. That's because what TRL people, stand for. But it wasn't like an audience request. It was, I mean, like it was an audience request, but it's not necessarily like the people in that audience. So I got a question for you, though. Uh oh. Since you watched the show, how, what made Carson Daly so popular to actually keep that job? Like you know how you have a certain BJ that'll be in and out, like Amanda Lewis. Remember her back mm-hmm. in the days? She kind of was in and out with MTV, but he stuck. And he had no personality. He was very bland to me. He wasn't bland to white people. They liked him. Like, he, he's still hosting things to this day. Well, he, I don't know to this day, but. He didn't do anything. He just stood there with a mic, literally, like Bird said. It was just like, and number 10. And then, like, you would only get a 30-second clip with them sometimes. And then you have a whole, like, 50 cent to come out there with G-Unit. And you know their video ain't getting played on there. But they just out there, like, on an album release day. I don't know why that he he stayed along for around for a while too. Man, he did. But so that made me think. TRL was like the the way you explain it. TRL is like the white version of 106 in Park. I wonder who came first. TRL started in like 98. TRL started first. Okay. Cuz I think 
106 came in 2000, something like that, or later, 99. So we took TRL and put some seasoning on it. I loved 106 in part, but you know what else I fucking loved? BT Uncut. <laughs> For sure, though. I love me some BT Uncut. Do you know, like, I remember, like, my brother, he's eight years older than me, right? Mm-hmm. He would actually... Um, I tell me to like take a nap, so he would wake me up at like one fifty while my parents asleep, <laughs> so I can come downstairs and watch BET Uncut. Oh, the D Wade and LeBron like the alley, <laughs> like all the way. That <laughs> is like, so sweet. Nah, 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 it's such a man thing to do. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm a boy. You know? That's the big homie right there. Nah, he nah, be an asshole at times. Oh, <laughs> but nah, he used to, bro. And BT Uncut used to have some of the wildest songs. The I remember it was a song by the Mighty Casey called White Girls. <laughs> <laughs> White girls going through my mind. And I was just like, what the fuck am hey, I listening to? Think about it. What if we put that song on a stream service now? Bitch, you know. It's gonna be it's gonna be on somebody's intro to somebody's TV show. Like think about half of the songs that was on there if they were on there. Right. They would do crazy numbers right now. Did you ever watch Beats Back Cut? Barely. Like I mean like so my memory is really weird. So like I remember the you know the tip drill video. I remember that. Uh-huh. Like, that's infamous. But as far as, like, other songs and stuff like that, like, I don't know. But, like, I remember watching it or, mm-hmm. like, trying to, like, sneak and, like, catch a few minutes of it. But I don't remember, like, <laughs> so, the songs. Oh, wait. Talk me through your sneak routine. How did you go How did you go sneak to watch it? Okay. Well, so, um, the house we grew up in was two floors. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> wait. What? What? <laughs> Are stairs a delicacy in the South? <laughs> hey, trust me, you gotta understand. Go ahead, though. I'm sorry. Okay, so I sneak down the stairs. We gotta skip the creepy one, right? Go down the stairs, and our like family room mm-hmm. was like you had to go around the corner. So like, neither one of my parents were light footed, so I would hear them if they were coming, and I would just sneak around the room and then cut the TV on. I had to sit real close and turn the volume down. You had to keep it on one because you had to hear it just a little bit. Just a little bit. And then you just keep like Disney Channel on last. Bruh, you know something. She did that shit. That last button. Yeah. Bruh, you had to. You, you was on that. Every time you heard it, some little squeaky, you got them turn the bitch on last and look back. Like, because uh, my parents were like, <laughs> well, apparently my, my dad was strict. Like, I would try to watch Wild and Out and he'd be sitting there like, what they say? And I'm uh, like, this is TV 14. I'm 18. Okay. Get your dad with the facts. <laughs> I'm four years above this. Like, I'm an adult. Meanwhile. But yes, I watched a little uncut, but I just don't remember. Like, it was just, it, I really think it was just the rush of, like, I shouldn't be watching uh, this. You probably you probably watched it and, like, went back to school and told everybody, like, guess what I watched last <laughs> night? I watched the uncut version of P-Pop by Ludacris. Oh, I love that <laughs> yeah. song. Now, that shit was a good one. Yeah, I remember that. See, like I don't remember until y'all talk about it. Mm. I don't remember that white. Hey, girl but song. you know what? What you'll never know our locals though that was on there. Mm-hmm. I that, definitely won't. We yeah. had two locals 
Oh, no, both were groups. They were both yeah, groups. Yeah, Slow Motion, and then we had... LaPone. LaPone. Yeah. LaPone had a song with Mike Jones, and <laughs> Slow Motion had a song with T.I. They had Lax and Preacher, and then you had I Got Diamonds with Mike Jones. It's huh. funny, though. I talked to them, and they said they had to pay for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but look, but BT and Cut was doing numbers, though. Yeah. And, I mean, it did help them. You know what I mean? They did get some kind of stretch, but not much. Outside of BT Uncut, Midnight Love used to be my shit, like, on BT. All the slow, lovey-dovey, mellow songs, mm-hmm. I used to love me some Midnight Love. So tell me why the only two songs I know by them is because of Midnight Love, and I think everybody do, is Rough Ends. <laughs> like, everybody knows Shopping Spree, where it was, and then you got uh, Someone to Love You. But it's like, you can't find their album. Bruh. But you love them songs from the show. I don't know if Rough Ends is in this group. But I know Tank, Aaliyah mm. Tank, and hey, damn, is it Rough Ends? But I did some research about some shit. But, you know, if you sign with Black Ground, which was Aaliyah's uncle. Oh, yeah, yeah. He got control over all those masters. And he's being a notorious fuckboy yeah. about it. Because we were supposed to get... Aaliyah's work this year, actually, but we still ain't got it. Man, that really bothers me that there's like two Aaliyah songs on Apple Music. Like, wherever they put it, I'll go listen. So, you get, so her first album, um, AJ Nothing But a Number, that's on there because that was made with somebody R. else. R. Kelly and Jive. Yes. So, but every album after that, Barry Hankerson, which is her uncle, and Jomo. Which mm-hmm. is a, uh, her cousin? They have control over, and this is what. So what they listening to it, and they don't want us to listen, bro. Basically, they have so they have total control, and that's why you can't find like JoJo's first or second album. Mm-hmm. They're not out there because he he um controls her masters also. What is his name? A fuck boy. So <laughs> check this out though. Check this out though. I was thinking about this. Music needs to be. Treated almost like art, for example. You can't, I don't give a fuck how much money you get, you can't go buy the Mona Lisa. Right. That shit's in the Louvre, in the museum, for the world to enjoy. Mm-hmm. So, what's going on right now is because of some frivolous laws and rules that somebody just wrote and put down on paper, said, hey, this man controls this music. Therefore, if he doesn't want it out, it doesn't have to go out. It's kind of fucked in a way because the only people losing this situation are us as the fans. True. So, Aaliyah was with Timbaland now, mm-hmm. right? If Aaliyah sings on the song, Timbaland produces, somebody else writes it, how do you say that, hey, this is just Aaliyah's song? Because that's affecting Timbaland also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, there's money in those strings. And when you have those monies in it, and they can make a killing if they just release these albums. Like, I I don't know what his hesitation is, and actually knowing, even writers, when they talk about it, they're like, we're confused. Like, if Aaliyah's album hit tomorrow, it's going to hit number one on Billboard right now. And we talking about songs from, you know, 99 and whatever, et cetera. So, his selfishness is coming from something personal. It has to be. It can't come from anything but from the heart. Cause you know her family don't really care for him either. You can't, man. Like I don't, I don't understand it. I 
and it, and again, like I said, it's not even just him. There's other artists that he's doing this to also, mm-hmm. and he's had like lawsuits and shit. Uh, like I'm a ew, wild boy. Nah, like mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie, he did some shit that was so fucking foul, but kind of funny. So his like ex-wife, I forgot her name. I think it's some like Asian woman or whatever. Blah blah blah. He, they broke up. He bought, like let's say she was a seamstress. He mm-hmm. bought the store that she worked in and fired her. <laughs> Yo, like don't lie. I ain't gonna lie. I kind of like admire that little kid because <laughs> you talking to a man with a couple baby mamas in. If I could have that money in the store, I mean, that's better than seeing your ex girlfriend doing bad on Facebook. I'm just saying, like, if you have the money to buy your job and kill you out without even giving you a package, that's even better. I am see, pissed. I'd be mad if I, you know, somebody bought the store out that I was working in and it fired me. Like, excuse me, you already, like, we already done. Then you're going to take my job, too? Hey, look, and check this out. It got to be, like, uh, not even, like, a let her know she's fired. Let her, like, get up on Monday morning and put her uniform on, get all the way to the building, and wonder why her key don't work. Talking about niggas ain't being shit. <laughs> we were talking about future the other day, right? And we know how Future is like Toxic King. The quintessential epitome of basically like not shit right now. And still winning. Is he winning? Yeah, he's winning. He's winning. winning. Like, how okay. is he losing? I'm not saying he's losing, but I don't necessarily say he's winning. Nah, I'll say he's winning. He's definitely winning. How's it, what makes him winning? Because he's got music? Nah, I mean, the music too. Because Russell Wilson is raising his son. He also won the case against Sierra. Joint custody. But she tried to get full custody and rape that man out of his money. Also made another baby. What, less than what she had asked for? That is my hero. Winning, man. Well, I don't know about my hero. I'm talking about from a father's perspective. I got (laughs) to find that lawyer. (laughs) So, when it comes to, like, not shitness, right? Motherfuckers not being shit. It's so many songs that, like, totally ain't shit. If you break down the lyrics or if you pay attention to what's going on. So, what are some of y'all favorite ain't shit songs? Who, me? I'm letting you have the table on this one okay. first. Okay. So, one song that I really love, you got to just know me. I, I love Mary J. Blige. Like, she has a song with Lil' Kim called I Can Love You. Mm-hmm. I can love, basically she's saying I can love you better than than, than she can. So my assumption is that the he that she can love better than she can has another she. Mm-hmm. Who knows if they're in a relationship, they're married. Or, my assumption is at least a relationship. And she made a whole song basically saying, and you know what's funny about music is like, I know other people write people's songs a lot of times, but somewhere, a lot of songs, I feel like there's some truth in this. Like somewhere somebody's saying like, I can love you. Another nasty song talking about that. Jermaine Dupree used to like listen in on like Usher's conversations to get a feel for like where he was in life and what he was thinking. And you know what song came from that? What? You make me want to leave the one I'm with, start a new oh, relationship man. with you. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. He was so Usher, Usher was going through a situation. He, he had like a little chick. You know, Usher made that shit when he was younger. Mm-hmm. He was a kid. <laughs> he had a little chick. And Jermaine was on the other line 
listening in to him talking to another girl, and he was feeling the other girl. And that's when he got in the studio, and we got the grand, you make me want to buy Usher. You know, it's funny, as I love that song, but now I'm thinking about the lyrics, like, you what? Dog, this song is, I love it. I, I, get, I do this whole dance routine when it comes out. <laughs> oh, I dance like nobody's watching. I dance, bro. No, I do try to like slide out my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh he was one of the first people that really made like the what's the things on your head, cap. the stocking cap. He made it kind of popular, but like I mean, you had the hood people doing it, but like on the mainstream, like pop, he was the first black guy to do that kind of shit. I'm gonna tell you straight up, I don't care what nobody say. I still think DMX is one of the most toxic artists in history when it comes <laughs> up to making songs. Like, how's it going down? And what these bitches want are very blunt, disrespectful, but very idolizing when it comes up to who you think you want to be into. Now, how it's going down is so funny because he obviously says that she has a man. Yeah. But then turns around and asks her to go sell dope. Pip that bird. She th- <laughs> he tells her, take this blow up the street yeah. and see Joe. He's sending her by her damn self. Never mind, yo. Want you to go. <laughs> yo. He still had moves for her. It was like, yo, I'm going to end this one, I feel like. Nah. That is some classical shit, though. No, nah, and the wild shit is, not only did he tell her to do it, he told her in a way in which he knew that she was going to do it. He didn't ask her. There was no question mark. Did you see the- her in the video when she was shaking her head, though? Like, oh, so, <laughs> yeah. Like, I got you, baby. <laughs> like, say- <laughs> we talk about ride or die. Yeah. That's what the fuck we talking about. That's some other shit right there. It's the disrespect for me. Hey, <laughs> do you remember though the voicemail call? Or what was it when he called on the uh, the CD? He's like, oh, oh, you, you fuck. fuck. <laughs> it was one of them like, yo, you just knew this man had it out for women. Like on some real, hey, I'm just that nigga. Gangster shit. Man, this is one of my oldies, but a goodie. Gotcha. So, Bobby Womax, I wish I didn't trust him so much. Of course. Bruh, do you know the way that my mind blew when I heard about the backstory between him and Sam Cooke? Drop the jewels. The chorus to I wish he didn't trust me so much is like you think. I wish he didn't trust me so much. It's literally about his homeboy trusting him around his lady <laughs> And he likes his homeboy's lady. And, then, and his response is, I wish you didn't trust me. So- Bruh. A man. Look, and then check, then check this out. A man. Hey, check this out. In the chorus, he even says, we even we both have the same good taste. So, <laughs> <laughs> and Bobby, whoa. All right. That's some trill shit, bro. I'm going to tell y'all the, these little quick snippets. So, the song, of course, is about Sam Cooke. And let me tell you why it's about Sam Cooke. All right. So, Bobby was Sam Cooke's best friend. And it's going to get a little tricky. You might have to pull out a pen and paper, but follow this. And this is 100% true. He married Sam Cooke's widowed wife three months after Sam Cooke died. All right. (laughs) So, he married Sam Cooke's wife three months after he was killed. Sam's, uh, Sam's uh, had three brothers that were pissed and they actually beat the shit out of Bobby Womack. Alright? Sam Cook's daughter Linda actually married Bobby Womack's brother Cecil. Mm-hmm. Those are going to come into play a little bit later on. 
So while Bobby is with Sam Cook's widow wife, he's slipping into Linda's room at night, fucking with Linda, his new stepdaughter. <laughs> no, man. No, real shit. Barbara found out that he was sliding with Linda, put a gun to his head, told him to get the fuck out. He running out, and as he's running, he sh- she shoots at him and actually grazes his scalp. <laughs> so Barbara, Sam Cook's widow wife, Bobby Womack's new wife, almost killed Bobby Womack, right? Linda continued to do music, working with Bobby Womack, she got married to Cecil <laughs> and stopped talking to her own mother. It sounds like a Bible Bobby. story. No, <laughs> you be trying to all the names and so and so's son. I'm like, you, you wait for Ashad to come here. <laughs> you need to come here and make his uh, appearance. But yeah, I mean, that, that is, that's very nuts. But I got one for y'all as well. Uh, how about Darnell Jones, where I want to be? The gall of a song like where I want to be. Yo, what kills it, the tempo of the song sounds like it's something where it's like, you know, to love and to care. But this man actually like on some savage shit on that song. I mean, I said he left her a message saying he not going to come home. <laughs> like the way the song starts. But when you hear it, though, I'd rather Abra, be alone. No, I was going to say, but Abra, when you hear how the song starts before you really pay attention to yeah. the lyrics, it's like you think it's going to go somewhere different. And then he's like, <laughs> I left her a message like, yo, I'm out of here. Like, wait a minute. Like, nah, he told her, bruh. You know what's more toxic? The video. Oh, nigga. The video was even more toxic. Like, the man pulls her out of a date with Carl Kanai and still confusing the hell out of the bitch because she's sitting there and she toxic. comes out. And she's still looking, but he ain't saying nothing about getting back with her. This man literally, he, he honestly put his relationship on hold. He put in that bitch. Hey, and he, me, told, he told her, hey, you don't go nowhere. Let me figure this shit out. I'll be back in a little while. It came out there like she in the idea. I'm pretty sure like he finna fix this. He's like, nah, just just hold tight. Like, leave that man alone. I'll be back. Anyway, man, we're going to take our first break. We got another ad for you, so y'all sit tight. Today's sponsor, Daddy and Sense a black fatherhood lifestyle brand. It started as a simple personalized shirt to celebrate black men's initiation into fatherhood and has now became a media platform dedicated to changing the narrative associated with black fathers through the use of telling our stories from our perspective. For merch and more information, please hit up the Black Father Advocate at SameOD, S-A-M-E-O-L-E underscore D on Instagram and www.dad.com. D-D-Y-I-N-S-I-N-C-E dot BigCartel.com. Hi, welcome back from the break, guys. I want to start off by saying congratulations to Cardi and Offset for getting back together. He won. That's that's what he said. That's what he said. But um, if you guys have been paying attention to social media, Cardi just celebrated her birthday. Didn't she turn like 28? Mm-hmm. It's crazy how the people are younger than me. I but, swear she was like headed towards forty. Okay, not forty. I, I knew she, I thought she was like thirty something, but so sis, um, you know she had filed for divorce. She said she was tired of arguing, and her birthday came around. 
They went to Vegas, had a big old party, and Offset showed up with, I think it was a Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. Is that how you said it? I'm not even. Double I'm R. not even rich enough to be able to pour, to pr- uh, pronounce that. Ooh, stumbling over my words. That's how much it costs. But no, so he brought he bought that car, threw that big party, and now they're back together. Can't forget about Culture's oh. personalized car seat. 80000 80000 for a car seat. Listen, you know they say you're not supposed to get pregnant, but listen. <laughs> <laughs> you can get $80,000 car seat. Uh, you said that, 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 that oven is his, huh? Uh, I felt that emotion, but yeah. He buy, he buy your $80,000 car seat. He put as many buns in your oven as he wants, huh? The bakery open. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> oh, jokey joke. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> me personally, I'm, I'm not mad at Cardi for getting back with Offset, and the reason being is number one, I'm not in their relationship. Mm-hmm. That man bought her eighty thousand dollar car seat for the baby, but at the same time, I get like I get people's opinions and where they're coming from, but <laughs> in real life, y'all be taking men back for less. For way less. I'm glad somebody said that ain't a man. That's that's his chest right there. Congratulations. Y'all don't call me a pick me. But like, no, because I mean, like, I've taken people back for less. Okay? (laughs) So like, I'm with y'all. Like I said, y'all, but me too. So (laughs) She's saying we. Yeah. (laughs) Collectively. Collectively, like, like, people take people back for less than that. That was her husband. So if they want to continue being married and keep their covenant going... That's their business. Congratulations. Didn't we kind of just give Will and Jada a pass for living their whatever could be swinger life because we understood that they were, I don't want to use the term stronger, but more profitable together than separate? Because there was a, a lot of conversations that were saying, hey, Jada and August probably out there in the East Wing and we're over there with whoever the fuck in the West Wing. They don't even see each other for weeks. They just come together when it's time to be together. And in Cardi and Offset's situation, they might, I wouldn't say that they're doing the same thing. Because that's like a far stretch. But I'm just saying, we gave Will and Jada a pass. In which people really just be wanting to kick Offset back in. Jay and Beyonce made albums of each other. For entertainment of other people on the strength of what was going on in their marriage. So with that being said, when it comes up to marriages and power couples, they're structured different because there's a lot that you can lose. But also, I think when it came up to Offset and Cardi, I think they also believed in the idea of you don't you can't quit marriage like you quit a relationship. But at the same time, when you have that much power and control, it, it's like a, a, a 20, what was it, what they call it, a catch-2020? Catch-22. Uh, catch-22, I'm sorry. You know, I'm always fucking up on at least one episode, okay? Y'all know that already. Keep a list of these. So, hey. You don't know Segway, he can just catch-20. Hey, hey, you can barely read. So, uh, anyway, yeah, that that's the way I really look at it when it comes up to them really. They had to sit down and really have that conversation. And I'll, you, you got to stop putting things out there so immediate for everybody to have that judgment when you start saying you're filing for divorce. Because I think people talk about that all the time, 
But when you put it out there to the public, that gives everybody to say, oh, Offset is this, Offset is that. We don't even know why she filed for divorce in the beginning. Okay. So, the thing about it, though, that I'm thinking, Cardi, or famous people in general, live very public lives. And not necessarily because they want to. I mean, if you look back, rest in peace, to Kobe, like, they released him being dead before they could even tell people what was going on. So, it's almost like Cardi has always kind of had this thing with the blogs. So it's almost like I feel like she probably told the world what was going on because regardless of whether or not she tells people or not, it's going to get out. That's the sucky part. It's like you literally live your life in front of other people. True. But when she responds, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. And you got to think about who we're talking about. Cardi. Cardi is very blunt. You know, I understand the vulnerability of where she's trying to go when she wants to be honest and real. But I think that quiet is sometimes better because if you go back to the Will and Jada, like you said, how many rumors did we hear they were getting divorced? They had a couple times where folks were reporting they were getting divorced way before we even knew about this August situation. But they kept their mouth quiet. And then when they finally discussed and wanted to explain everything, it got swept under the rug quick. But then you got to look at their age difference too. Will and Jada, how old are they? Probably in their 40s. Oh, they definitely in their 40s. Like, and so, and then Cardi's 28. Like, she's young. Well, that is true, because Will and Jada are a pre-social media couple. So, if you think about it, every one of our, like, real celebrities that we really love, like, that were pre-social media, all they know is how to get low. They know how to be gone, show up, show out, get low again. Like, hell, Eddie Murphy, we don't know what the fuck Eddie Murphy doing his damn, you know, free time. We just know, oh shit, it's another movie with Eddie Murphy in it. Gotta go watch it. So, but the celebrities of today, like, to call back to the Meg and Tori situation, how when her situation came up and everybody was pressuring Meg for an answer of what happened to her, like you said, live your life out on social media because that's the norm now. That's pretty much the way you get popping. You know, you live your life out on social media. is like that's kind of like the cost of doing business. So when it comes to Cardi and Offset, yeah, it probably would have been better for them to stay low, keep it in-house, but that's not the life that they live. And that's just kind of the blessing and the curse of being a celebrity today. But who are your friends? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not blaming them or nothing like that. I'm just saying, like, I think even when it comes up to the people who are beyond just, you know, that are, you know, before social media, friends came in and at least had a conversation. That's why I said, like, the maturity part. I guess it does matter with age, but in some senses it don't. I'm 28. I was 28, and I wasn't even doing half of the thing. Like, I've dealt with drama. I know nobody go a damn about my drama, but I don't go there first. You know what I mean? Like, it's already been spoken. And I know when I walk around, it's been spoken to certain people. But I'm not going to address it. Okay. So, I hear what you're saying, but however, comment. <laughs> it's like, social media is so instant, right? So, even so, first of all, she's 28. So, more than likely, her friends are 28 as well. And they probably would do the same thing. So, she probably needs somebody like, you know, a Jada on her side to be like, don't do that. But she needs to right. know to call Jada first. But once again, we're in this social media era where before she even thinks to call Jada, she didn't already posted something. I mean, think about when she accidentally posted her body parts on, on um, what was it, Instagram? On Snap. Uh, on Snap. No, it was her okay. Insta story. So, uh, she, 
She posted her body parts on accident. You can say breast. You can say titty. You can say nipple. I can say breast. I can say I can say that. Kim, but she 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 accidentally posted her her breast on social media. It probably was up there all of like a minute or so. Oh uh, no, she she said it was. She, said, she tried to start a phone off. Yeah, she said. She said it was already. She's okay. She said she saw it processing like it was about to send. So she went and turned her phone off, girl, because <laughs> she thought that that was gonna like interrupt it. She got cool wireless is the way that girl, thing was up. I, and then literally, I was thinking to myself, by far, there is not a worse decision yeah. that could have been made. So she turned her phone off. Then she called whoever her friend Offset. was. No. She called Offset. What she called? No, nah, she called. Um, yeah, she did call Offset because Offset was the one that said it's on there. Like, right, but then she. Well, I'm saying like she called her homegirl that had her password. Oh, oh, oh. so she called a homegirl that had a password to <laughs> to, to to take it off. So you gotta you gotta call Offset. Now you gotta <laughs> call your homegirl because she got your password. You gotta power your phone back up. But then like. And you got how many million? Like, probably at least 20 million. It takes 30 seconds for someone to take a snap. I mean, uh, an instant, you know. Not even that 30, long. I say, bruh. Well, I say 30 because, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure it, like, a million people had did it by then. You know what I'm saying? Like, bruh, let me tell you. As quick as Twitter works. Yeah, you ain't lying. <laughs> 30 seconds, that bitch was on somebody's tweet. Yeah. I mean, I found the first, 20, you know, 15 minutes on Twitter. I mean, I didn't even know that that happened. Can we? Can we talk about how I don't understand the Twitter social media world really going in on Cardi the Areola? Men. Yeah. That's gonna be my quote for this for today. Men. No, no, no. Because it was women that was out there eating her up too. Not nah. even just that. It was just like like we said, we had a, a conversation off mic. You can't be applying single niggas to men in general. Cause mm-hmm. Me being a part of the male delegation, I'm looking at the titty like I was fine. I, I see, I, I've seen titties like this before. Yeah, it doesn't look like it was a titty tittying. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, that's what see. No, we should say that's what men get for being in titties business. <laughs> <laughs> All I'ma say is, oh, when she came back and she was just like, I mean, I was a stripper before, so I mean, it, it, it's not like she got a point. Yeah, she's out there. All right, man. So, okay. Good luck to Cardi and Offset. I'm rooting for y'all. I don't know what other people are I am, too. All of us. Everybody here. I like them. But they're also talking about, like, married couples and celebrities. Uh, Old girl from The Real, um, Jenny Ma. Wow. Um, I don't know know how I feel about her relationship with Jeezy. Like, what the fuck did she do to the snowman? When he was in that grocery store, man. you remember that? That was like the first video after they like announced, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like Jeezy, Jeezy? the snowman. Excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Then he got a show coming, and he said he wants to be like called like Jay Jenkins or something. <laughs> <I> said, <laughs> His whole name is real government. Niggas couldn't wear your shirt to class in high school, and you gonna sit here and tell me you going under a rebrand? You have the most classic pendant with the snowman on there. That's top five right there. And I like ice cream cone. Who? I like Gucci's ice cream cone. I said top five. All right, I guess. I'm so, with you. I'm with you on that, too. But, so, Jenny Ma had um, a statement that went pretty viral, and I want to get April's input on it, and then we'll discuss. So, we'll play it for the pod right now for those who haven't heard it. Go ahead. I, Jeannie Mai, going into my marriage, 
I want to submit to my man. Let me explain. When I hear this wow. definition, like you just said, Adrian, submitting has a negative connotation. It means that you are less important. You are lower than that person that you're submitting to. It usually can be like, you know, reference as somebody who works lower than you. And that's not what I'm referring to here. But what I really learned in my life for my definition of marriage, I'm not saying what I want works for everybody. I'm saying for me, I'm a very dominant woman. I own my business. I lead my teams. I played my own manager, my own publicist, my own lawyer when I didn't have money to have those people. So I make the decisions in my life. When I come home, I am a, I, I like the idea that my man leads us. That doesn't mean that in this case, Jay makes all the decisions for us. That doesn't mean that when he says. What's the thousand? I actually don't disagree with what she said. Um, I think, you know, I'm not married. However, you know, I do desire marriage and I do desire to submit to the man that I married. But here's the thing. Because when she said something about, I think she said Adrian said there's like a negative connotation with submitting. But that's because people try to submit to any and everybody, which <laughs> if you submit to, to your little boyfriend that ain't got nothing going on, <laughs> like you're going to hate submission because it's like... Let him draw that ultima, man. Submit to him. Right. Submit them keys to him. Right. <laughs> like, like, let him drop you off at work. <laughs> no, sir. But... Shout out to anybody that's getting dropped off to work. I've been that guy. To, to all your line sisters. Oh, yeah. I've definitely been that guy. Hey, K's give the keys to anybody, boy. No. Okay. So, <laughs> but no, seriously. I, like, submission in marriage, I think, is is supposed to happen. Like, I'm not the biggest boss that you've seen thus far. <laughs> However, you know, I do have a job that requires me to make, you know, to make decisions and kind of, you know, do lead stuff well I used to lead stuff anywho um when you get home you do want somebody else as a woman who is quote unquote dominant to lead like that's the job as a man I want to submit to somebody that I trust to lead but I'm not about like I said submit to anybody it reminded me of this thing that also went viral on Twitter when they said you know if if he can tell me what to do he can tell me what to do but if he can't tell me what to do then he can't tell him what to do. I hate you, bro. That is the dumbest, bro. <laughs> nah, was it Jill Scott? I think so. I think it was Jill Scott said that shit, bro. And all the women, I, it made she must have been talking estrogen because, yeah, bro. All the women were like, "Yes, sis," and niggas looking around like, "What the fuck?" What does that mean? Like, That's yeah. like using the word in the definition. That's like define segue. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming back. Do y'all really not understand that? Okay, the first part says this. If you can tell me what to do, you can tell me what to do. Like, so it's it's the it's that dominant leader man, right? Okay. If you can tell somebody what to do, so if you can say you, you know, if you can lead, then you can lead. But if you don't have that confidence to do that, then you can't do it. Like it's it's a confidence thing. Like men, there are certain men that can be like, Hey, we need to do this and you do it. Then there's some men that can't they don't have the confidence to do that? Go ahead. I give you the, I give you the benefit of the doubt for the first part. The benefit of the doubt, okay. But the ending, I don't get it. Like you probably can't tell nobody what to do. 
Hey, listen, man. We ain't gonna dignify that bullshit uh, right, no right. more. God damn. <laughs> I, 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 hate to... that, I hate that she really tried to. Bruh. Fuck out of here, bro. Man. Don't do that. Nah, man. Fuck that shit. It's not my problem that you all can't understand that. I mean, it's probably women's code then. It might be. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Bruh, because let me tell you. Back to Jenny, Jenny, my girl Jenny. What do y'all think? So, I have always looked at the submission uh, conversation like this. Uh, in order to have somebody to submit to you, you have to be a leader in the first place. And being a leader is not about telling somebody what to do. It's about decision making. So it's about knowing when your thought process or your opinion is what needs to happen. So for example, me, I'm not the best with money management. I just, all I know how to do is work hard and make money. And I just continue to make money and I spend the shit. So therefore, with that level of self-actualization and realization, when I bring somebody into my life and they're better with money management, their decision about how money is saved and allocated is what goes. Now, submission, almost like a chain of command. I'm supposed to be trusted that the decision that once it gets up to me, is law that doesn't mean that i dictate everything that goes on because if you think about it most businesses or even organizations it's not the president that makes all the decisions your team lead makes all the day-to-day decisions how everything moves they are the important one but your president is the one that guides and gives the direction so it's like the team lead is the feet the team lead is the movement and the captain or the president is just the direction when you come from, I think personally, when you come from two different type of homes, the the submission part gets looked at very differently. Like, for example, y'all grew up in, like, mother and fathers in the home and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the ideal of submission, I believe, when it comes to the single parent home, father being raised, you know, raising a child by himself, or mother raising a kid by herself, you don't think that can affect the idea of the submission part when you have not too much to see and lead of example when it comes up to being submissive? Because I feel like when you are a single mom, there's only so much you can direct with a daughter or a son. But when you have both, like I did and you all did as well, like I've seen my mom in her submissive manners. I've seen my dad and them both argue, but at the end of the day, his words still matter. Not saying it like in a you know crazy way, like he was like you know about to slap or nothing, but right. you know literally you can have those moments because that's a relationship thing. But I feel like I've watched and seen other peers of mine who don't understand submissives, and it's really hard for them to grasp that like men run homes, but not run you. You're saying like, is it hard? Like, so if I grew up with like just my mom, right? Would it be hard for me to submit to a man? Because mm-hmm. you've never seen her submit. Ooh, think you know. As you get older, I was just having this conversation with somebody. You start to realize that your parents and your upbringing has a lot more impact on your life than you thought it did. Yeah. Um, I think that could be a challenge, but I can't speak to that personally because that wasn't my story. But I could see where if. It's hard to think you can do something that you haven't seen before. I grew up in a household where there, you know, with two parents, so I, I saw it. At the same time, I feel like even in my marriage, when it comes, 
like my it might my marriage might not be the same as my parents. I might not submit the same. Like you know, you guys were talking about a leader. Like Bird was saying, um, it's not really telling somebody what to do. And I agree because a good leader, like you'll be able to listen. A discussion could be had before the decisions made. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just a you know. The example with Jill Scott is just a. I'm not gonna <laughs> go back to that before they get married. <laughs> no. It's just it's an, it's a part of it, you know. Right. Because I think, like, to kind of like you said, like, about the conversation, well, both of you said about the conversation and the discussion before the decisions, like, being a leader is, like, also knowing your weaknesses and, like, delegation of duties. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, uh, and I guess the submission portion could be the woman buying into that team dynamic or that understands, like, I am going forward in this relationship. I'm trusting that the direction in which he's going to lead this family will be best and beneficial. And I'm buying into the program. I'm buying into the plan. And his responsibility is to be the best leader and decision maker because these people, quote unquote, under him depend on him. Right. I mean, and like you said, the man, you know, in the household is like the, you know, the person that the wife would submit to. And like you said, the president leads the company, but they really don't do anything it's the team lead so right. really the, the woman's running the household that's kind of how my household was ran like my mom like so it's it kind of goes into like uh i've had this conversation about like when uh women talking about uh cooking mm-hmm. you know like how like me i'm not cooking shit uh but they're like oh i ain't cooking all day and i've been at work blah 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 there is actually a from like jay said from what i've seen Oh, you can direct and dictate and manage a family from that kitchen stove. My mm-hmm. mother would cook for the family, like, you know, not every day, of course, you know, just cook the warm-up meals and blah, blah, blah. She'll, you know, might make a little plate or something like that. And while we're, me, my brother, my dad sitting down eating, she's at the stove directing traffic, like, hey, when you get done, make sure you do this. Don't forget to take that trash out, whatever. So, yeah, she cooked. Yeah, she fed it. She in the kitchen. But she's also, we understand and we respect that, hey, she's running like like this family, like a well-oiled machine. It's a car. Yeah. Every piece matters. Exactly. In order for anything to work, it has to have every piece work correctly. And I believe that the men are the drivers and the women are the engines. Right, right, right. So, you know, good luck to Jenny Mai and Jay Jenkins. <laughs> The artist, the rapper formerly known as the Snowman, Jeezy. Uh, but talking about relationships and marriage, there was also another viral tweet or viral clip from uh, Kadeem and Deval mm-hmm. uh, from the Dead Ass Podcast. We're going to play that for y'all also for those that didn't hear it. A lot of women do complain, oh, my husband's always on me. Why is he always on me? Mm-hmm. If sex is going to be a chore for you that you don't really want to do, why do women constantly push monogamy on men? If you know that you don't want to have to deal with him all the time just wanting you, mm-hmm. why do you push monogamy on men? Well, who's to say I pushed anything on anybody? Like, Well, we know that people, you pushed monogamy on me. I pushed monogamy I forced you to get married to me? Time out. You said to me you never pressured me to get married. In 2007, we were living together, right? You said you no longer wanted to live with me and shack up with me 
because you wanted to be my wife, not my girlfriend. Right, because I wanted to know where that the relationship was going. That don't sound like pressure to you? It sounds like me voicing where I see my life going. It, it sounds like me saying, this is what I would like. You can decide to meet me there. If not, we can reevaluate what exactly we're doing. Okay. Would I call it pressure, per se? Not necessarily pressure. <laughs> that was tips, though. <laughs> Alright, so he actually, um, in that um, clip, there's actually two things kind of being talked about. And first, I want to pose the first part to April about um, it, when he said, if sex is going to be a chore, why do women push monogamy for men? So that t clip had, I don't know where they brought this in at, but then they started talking about, like, because it started out was if sex is going to be a chore, they started talking about polygamy. And Throw that curveball at you. <laughs> Y'all know I love him. Um, I was about to say I love polygamy. I'm about to say like, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, sir. Not a new story, right? Right. Um, I mean, when you think of marriage, you think of two people who become one. That's what I read it as in um, the B I B L E. <laughs> That's the book for me. Uh huh. So, um, when he said that, there were a few things that went through my head. Because he was saying that, like, women push for monogamy. And if if, if you don't want all the, uh, that attention, then why do you push for a man just to be with one woman? Like, I don't even know how really to address that. If you don't desire to be married, sir, just say that. I mean, it's two people. So, you, you get all of it. Um, monogamy is, like, the cornerstone of the institution of marriage. Mm -hmm. So, when he made that statement, I didn't quite understand... Where, the, where he was quite going with that, I mean, if you don't want to be married, be single. Like, and then you can have all the women you want. It was all, so sex is a chore. Basically saying if he's not sexually satisfied, why is monogamy pushed? Are you allow, having that same allowance for your wife? Like, is she, if you have this um, feeling of wanting to go out and get some outside ass, can she have reason to have outside dick? But it almost sounds like it could be used as a piss-poor excuse to cheat. Let me tell you why I don't like that, other than the fact that it's cheating. It's selfish, and it's, almost, it's really kind of disrespectful to the woman. You're going where I was going to go. Keep going. Because I don't understand how you feel like it's okay to put your selfish decisions off on somebody else. Now, if you want to go out and cheat, Cheating has consequences. Just live in the consequence of your actions. Don't say, oh, you made me do this, because no, they didn't. At, people make mistakes if mistakes are made, but just because you may forgive, that doesn't mean that it doesn't have a consequence for your actions. That's life. Mm. Cheating is a conscious decision. You knew what was at risk. You knew what was at stake. There is no other person. There is nobody else. The accountability lies with you. And it's funny because I, um, I, it's, they're one of the podcasts that I do listen to and, um, I don't want to direct it. Like I'm, I want to generalize it. So kind of going back to what we just talked about with submission, right? So the wife, the man is, you know, the lead of the household, but the wife is the one with the feet kind of running, you know, behind the scenes, making everything happen and work. This woman is cooking and cleaning and cleaning and cooking. <laughs> but no, seriously, Love so we we are in a world now where the wife goes to work and the husband goes to work. And the 
and they both come home, and then the wife goes into her second job of, you know, either cooking and cleaning and taking care of the house, but the man will go off and have whatever he has to do after work, taking care of business outside the household. The woman's taking care of the kids and all that stuff. By the end of the night, she might be tired. Like, she's done a lot. And then, like, if you add in, like, I know one thing that I do now that I just said, let me go ahead and incorporate. So when the time comes for me, I'll already be used to it. I get up early in the morning and go work out because I feel like that's the only time I'm really going to get to myself. Like, if I wake up before everybody else, everybody's still asleep, I can go do what I need to do and get my peace and quiet or whatever I need to do. So this woman may have been up since 4 o'clock in the morning taking care of herself and taking care of the house. At the end of the day, you mad because she she feels like it might be a chore. And at the end of the day, also, nine times out of ten, she'll probably say, okay, it just might not be exciting, you know? <laughs> like, I got a whole different perspective from work, like a whole 180. I think for one, that clip probably ain't really 100% fair because it may not have actually 100% of what he's trying to explain. What I will say is this, though. If you're going to be with a partner, know exactly who you with. Now, I know there are different people you get when you get married. There are different people you get when you move in. I mean, you can move in with your best friend and your whole, you know, you didn't know your best friend was so junky and all that. But I will say this. When you're unequal, those things will come up first, sex. Well, money will come up first, then sex. Number one thing that causes divorce is money. Second thing is sex. You have to have those understandings and you have to have those reasons to know why this person feels this way and, you know, vice versa. Men move off of the things that they can get from a woman, as far as me, what what they do to keep me driven and wanting to have them and desire. Now, if you start lacking those things, I will talk to you about it. Now, if I talk to you and you have a bad attitude about it, then we're going to a whole nother field. That's where the monogamy part, I think he was trying to say, like, you expect this much, but then where you meet me halfway. I cannot understand why sex would be a chore if we both bust our ass off to take care of this home, of course. It's like routine sex. Like, that's lame as hell. Like, it should be something where you should be able to spice it up. But I don't blame just the woman. I kind of blame the man, too. I just think that the conversations have to have, like, you know, they have to be had in order to know what to really feel. But I don't think that anybody's to really point, and I don't think everybody's just selfish in it. I just think that there's a lot of things you have to take, in, you know, ideal in consideration. Because if you look at it one way, then you may not know. Because I, I think everybody's situation is so different in that kind of mind frame, where I've seen where women are just like, literally at home all day working, I mean, like, working on the house to take care of the kids, and then they just, you know, like, housewives and stuff, and then the husband goes to work nine to five, but then when he wants to lay down and have, you know, that entire, you know, like, that enjoyment with his wife, it's like, nah, I'm tired, I did this all day. It's like, what is going to keep him intrigued with you then? Men are so dramatic. It'd be one day <laughs> that she just is like, you know, babe, I'm tired. And then all of a sudden, it's the first time I said no. It's like I never say yes. I have a lot of Beyonce references today. Time out. You saying men are dramatic. You have never been with a woman all day and try to leave her for 10 minutes. Where are you going? <laughs> exactly. 
hear shit, hear shit about no drama in a relationship. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, and then also, like, there's some things, like, that's scary about being a woman, right? Because if, if it's scary and sad how, like, women's bodies and things like that, like, stuff happens. So what if, as a wife, sex becomes a chore because something happened to your body where it, it is no longer enjoyable for you? And so, you know, like things like that happen to women. And so it's just like all of a sudden it's because this happened to me is now the answer that you go out and cheat on me. Like, let's make this agreement. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, I know you were just speaking generally, but then it's like also as a woman, like once out of the month, we got this thing that comes and it's like, don't look at me. Don't touch that me. blessing. Yes. I bet to you. <laughs> that blessing for me. Yeah, that blessing. <laughs> I feel, I'm pronouncing that in the wrong blessing. But, um, like, there was, in, I was listening to the podcast, and she was saying, you know, there was a point where she had a baby in her. She was holding a baby because she, like, they had their kids real close together. Um, and it's just like, people are constantly on you. It's just like, by the time at the end of the day comes, she's probably just like, leave me, leave me alone. Right. The second part to that clip was he started talking about being pressured to get married. And that conversation has come up like a lot at this day and age or this juncture of life. So, my bad, dog. <laughs> this motherfucker fidgety as hell. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, it was perfect to that. I'm sorry, guys. Bird gave us a rule where we can no longer like drink with ice and stuff on the podcast <laughs> because it makes too much noise. You gotta clean off the table next time, Bert. Bruh, I swear. I wish it's your fault. Run, my fault, man. Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The black card is nothing but a band of misfits. Man. <laughs> yeah. He looked at me like a father, though. Like, nah, uh, anyway, anyway, yeah. rolling back into it. So yeah, it's about uh, was about men being pressured to get married. Mm-hmm. Very hot topic at this juncture of our lives in this you know late twenties, early thirties, because people are getting married. April, have you ever pressured somebody to be married? I know you're not married, but or have you ever got into a relationship to a situation in which you thought you were going to get married, or it was headed down, or even talked about Girl, marriage? I'm still trying to pressure people to be my boyfriend. <laughs> 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 I'm like married. I felt that one. Step one, sir. Step, but no. Um, and like the funny thing about pressure is. I liked what she said. I'm telling you what I desire. You have a choice. Do you want this or no? Like, if you don't desire this, I think I think it becomes pressure when you say, I want to be married by, you know, the end of this year. Like, if you don't marry, mm-hmm. if you don't propose to me by um, October 31st, this is over. Mm-hmm. Like, but if I'm saying, hey, you know, we've been dating for a while. Where do you see this going? I want to be married. Do you want to be married as well? Just checking to make sure we're going on the same path. But you, I feel like women bringing up next steps in men's mind is like automatic pressure. Like the fact that you bring it up is like, it's it's a pressure. That's how y'all take it. Well, there's kind of two parts to what he said. And I want to kind of address them both. Um, so about the way he structured it, and the way he kind of like came at her about it didn't really sit well with me either. Because if a man succumbs 
to a woman's pressure to get married, that is that man's problem. If you are so weak of will that you decided to go on in this lifelong agreement just because she wanted you to, don't hold resentment towards her. She's not wrong. You're the one that said, you know what, the pressure is too much. Let me get down on this knee and ask and ask her to come be my roommate for life. Now, oh my God, will you marry me? Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Right, so, yeah. to kind of harbor that resentment, it almost sounds like I'm not going to say he's harboring resentment, but that can happen. If a woman starts pressing to get married, she's going to come with the most logical, well thought out argument that she has ever created. She's gonna have the day that y'all started going together. She's gonna have the the, the day that it is now. Well How much out. time has passed? What uh, itemized list of all the things that she has done to qualify her for this wife situation? And you on your on your side have almost no retort. You know what I noticed about women? There are three sides you got out of for each circumstance: before the baby, pregnancy, after the baby, marriage. I mean, uh, let's see, dating, fiance, wife. All of them give you different personalities. And the reason I know, I can actually give you from at least the experience of the child. Because, you know, everybody know I got some. But um, I will say this, like, the person my kids, you know, parents were before, I mean, they were, all of them were awesome at the end of the day. No matter how it ended, they all started off. Pregnancy, I dealt with a lot of, Rather be emotions, personalities, you know, just hormone changes that normal. It's like dealing with a period every day, literally, without the blood. Imagine like, carrying so, the baby. Uh, I'm, but I'm not giving this credit either. Okay. I'm just saying, okay. you know, just imagine, though, dealing with that emotion, emotional mm-hmm. part. And you're wearing the stress, too, because you have to deal with this person. Like, no matter how you look at it, if you're really a responsible parent, you got to deal with this person. Mm-hmm. So then after the baby. Now you have to deal with, you know, uh, was it postpartum? And then you got to deal with the conversations of making sure that they feel okay and you still got to help them with the child. But you may not be doing enough in their mind, even though you really are. It's like no logic make logic sometimes. I'm not saying it's all the time, but sometimes it just it happens that way. I think that's why I said again, when you have a partner, you really have to invest in conversations rather it be the marriage part or the kid because when you do have those conversations you have more patience it's more lenient you know for both parties even though she say i can't stand your ass she ain't going nowhere if that conversation was presented and you still take care of the things you're supposed to rightfully so now as the man part you're going to keep your ass there because you still have that compassion for her you still see the things and the sacrifices she does for you rather it be in the marriage or the child that was given in birth and you're going to always make sure that you do the things right and to make your family have balance the things that i was saying when i said i thought that the other part was seeming like it just wasn't enough in that clip mm-hmm. i felt like maybe it got too personal and frustrating but at the same time i do understand that when it when you really do care about somebody, those conversations still need to be had in that manner, rather it be blunt or disrespectful, just to see where the idea of where it's going to go and where you're leaning toward the future. And with them, you, they've been together like 18 years. Well, and I heard her tone, though. Like, you know, when he said it, you could hear, like, you know. She, I, pre- I pressured you? Yeah, and he's like. But look, kind of, if she did, <laughs> she got him. So yeah. good job, point, sis. You know? But. Well, I was going to say you do feel the pressure sometimes because as the man and the leader, 
don't want to make her look like she's just out here wilding or, you know, just having a, a, a misunderstood family or, you know, wedlock and all that crazy stuff that you think of. But that's just traditional black things that we've been putting in our families for years. But at the same time, you just got to know when it's right and when it's wrong. You know, another thing that I kind of took away from what he said about being pressured into marriage, uh, society now, the commitment has become more about the performance than the person. People want to get married because they want to have a wedding. Mm-hmm. They want their day. Yeah. They want, they look at the landscape. Because everybody know, as soon as that best friend get married, everybody around you is fucked. Growing up, my aunt got married. Like, her wedding was in our backyard. Wow. Like, and, and that's because, you know, back then, like, these big extravagant weddings and shit was not a thing. Mm. As time has progressed, you know, we've seen these things. All of us have been to weddings where we've seen some crazy, outlandish, extravagant things like floating cakes and, you know, big bridal parties and things like that. Sculpture night. Yeah, exactly. Which, still, nothing is wrong with any of this. But, I, being a man, you look at it from a different perspective. You see the trickle-down effect. You see how other people start, you know, guys talk the same way women do, that, hey, man, she got that every time I turn around, bro. I hate, I hate I gotta go to this goddamn wedding. As soon as I get back, I already know what the fuck she gonna talk. Like, those are conversations that men have, and I actually, like, know somebody personally. She just got out of it. She just got done uh, wrapping up a divorce. She was married a short time. I asked her, like, damn, bro, what the fuck happened? And she said, I married him because he was the person willing to marry me at the time. Oh, that's so real. And it just blew my mind because she jumped ten toes down into this situation just because that level of fulfillment of being a wife was so great. That void was so severe. She said, fuck it. I don't even like this guy like that. Let's see if I can learn how to love. Man, and that jump is so real. I think, like, the pressure, like, at this age, um, like you said, late 20s, early 30s, you starting to see everybody around you get married, and when you desire to be married, it's, like, I think that the last two people that I've uh, talked to, dated, whatever, kind of, I don't want to say serious, because you, can you talk to somebody serious? Whatever. <laughs> like, I know I'll be saying some crazy shit, but damn. Like, no, like, <laughs> we having some, but no, like in the last two situations, I've had people like talk about marriage, and like even like I'm more of a like I don't like to get into things too fast. Like they'll bring it up, and of course, in your head, you know, if if that's what you want, you're like, oh, well, if that's what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Somebody. So then, <laughs> it, but when you step out of it and think about it, it's like I don't want to be in that position where it's just like, okay, you said you wanted to marry me, and you looking around like, well, ain't nobody else trying to marry me, so what's up? Uh uh-uh. uh Also, on that wedding thing, when I tell y'all, and y'all can record this and put it on the podcast, I like the big weddings. Like they, I love going to them, but I don't want one. Like I want something very small and intimate, like the backyard idea. Like that's so like me. Like because I'm like, I mean, it's one set above the courthouse. Are we invited? You gonna let me and Jay come? 
Y'all can come. Can we fire from your wedding? I was going to say, straight up. No. Nigga, hey. do you know how dope it'll be? We had like a little table set up with the mics. And like when they come in, like they they get a shout outs on the pod. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We already got it figured out. Don't even worry know. about it. But the thing is, like, it's just because people spend so much money on weddings. Like, they cost so much. And, like, then you have all these people that come in. And, like, is everybody there? Do they wish you well? Mm-hmm. Are Like, are these people in your corner? And, you know, come to find out later on if, you know, the wedding, the marriage doesn't work out. But the med- the wedding was great. How much money did you spend? Waste, waste because, it. like, weddings are expensive. Folks take out personal loans for it's, them bitches. Mm-hmm. Let's get a house. I'm I'm selfish. I, I'm a kind of like one up you. Like I honestly don't want a wedding, like a traditional wedding per se. I don't want it to follow the traditional. You know, I don't want to, you know, get engaged and then nine months later have a wedding. You know, whatever. I I would rather you know, get married, be married for a while, then be like let's have a party. Yeah, <laughs> like hey y'all. So we recouped all the losses. Um, we better have this real big ass party. We might. Renew some vows or some shit, you right. know, because I know it, niggas like to get dressed up. I'm going to give y'all an excuse <laughs> or whatever. Who gives a fuck why? Like, you know, so, and that's kind of what when I'm at, you know, that's how, where I am now at this state. I mean, and I, you know, things may change or whatever, you know, because also at the same time, I wouldn't want to deprive my mm-hmm. wife of her, you know, Brain special wins. day, yeah. you know, whatever. So, but again, that's just how me personally, you know, whatever thing. But anyway, we got to move on, man. Our new favorite segment, the letdown. The letdown. April D, take it away. All right. So we got a special email from Gorilla Glue. Did I? I hope I read that right. Yeah, I'm so self conscious at this point about reading stuff <laughs> and segue. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this person got. The, I mean, this is title and everything. A dog is born. What's up, TBC? That's the black card. If you didn't know. Man, I got an effed up story for y'all. You you can cuss on here. I'm I, not. I understand. I can. I have a choice. You're already being animated. Like, why would you not read the letter the way? Y'all, do the, I have to? I'm not. I'm, y'all not gonna pressure me into saying the f word. <laughs> well, you need to submit. We need to submit to that letter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So boom, the year was 2006, and I was a high school senior. I was dating my high school sweetheart. We had been together for two years. We went to different schools. I was a super simp for her. She would go to this tech program we had around here where students would take the bus to the community college during school and come back before school let out. I would skip my last class, rush to her school, and park in the front with flowers so I could be there when the bus pulled up. I would see how people would rush to that side of the bus and look at the window and say, girl, your man is out here with some flowers for you. My last year, I was taking pottery class as an elective. I decided to make a flower vase for her. Or was it balls? Okay, anyway, sorry. (laughs) 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 I know y'all don't know this. How do they know we don't know this? I know y'all don't know this, but (laughs) making something like that is time-consuming. It took me two weeks. I didn't know that. Okay. So I would work during class and sometimes during lunch. Not only did I make a boss, <laughs> I put the date. What's probably, this a dude. He said vase. I make a, not only did I make a vase, I put the date we started going together 
103104 on one side, a heart with an arrow through it on the other, and painted it in her school's colors. I really thought I was Michelangelo. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, poor baby. All right. This is a great story. The day came that we had to break up so we could go to college as single people. <laughs> that tracks. That, Wait. That, that, I just, that thing got some sense eventually. <laughs> Kids started acting up, and I ain't want that for myself. She said she didn't want any of my shit and to meet her at this park to get it. I would usually say keep it, but it was something she had that I needed. So I go to meet her, and it was like a movie. She was standing outside of her car. I parked mine, got out, and walked towards her. She grabbed the trash bag out of the back of her car and handed it towards me. As I'm reaching for it, she intentionally lets it go before my hand gets to the bag, and all I hear is the vase I spent all that time making shatter on the concrete inside of the bag. I couldn't believe my eyes. I just picked up the bag, got back in my truck, and went on home. A nigga been treating hearts like that vase, breaking hearts <laughs> left and right. <laughs> now I understand. Hey, the la- hey that last line. <laughs> hey, the build up for that last line. He knew he was going to kill him with that yeah. one. <laughs> the Gorilla Glue makes perfect sense now. Um, man. I mean, the funny part about it, I feel you, sir. Like, it, it, it's hard. High school sweethearts are real. And, like, he put so much time into into creating that piece of art. Um, but the funny part where the story turned was when he decided that, you know, we're going off to college. <laughs> so I wanted to be single. I would have dropped your little vase, too. <laughs> like, first of all, who you going to give it to? It has the date that we started going together. Was you going to keep it? For what? Like, I don't understand, sir. Oh. Mr. Gorilla Glue. Oh. I, I Shit, hell. Well, it sounds like she had something in the bag that he needed anyway. So, fuck, hell, at least it was for him to decide what to do with. She trifling as fuck to drop that bitch, though. She I'm knew what sorry, she was bro. doing. If you know how to fight, you got to fight his brother. I mean, her brother for that <laughs> shit, bro. You dropped my base. Like, you could have took that shit to, like, uh, what was the day of, what was supposed to be going to uh, the Salvation Army or something? You could have did something to make my shit some kind what of value. Am I going to use? I'm beating up your brother if you drop my vase in my face because I can't touch you. Or at least I'm fucking your daddy's car up. Let me tell you, a nigga would have found some dumb shit to do with him. He had to turn into a goddamn coin job. (laughs) (laughs) Silly. Badass. He would dump his ashes of weed or something. Like, goddamn. Because if you're going off to college, like this person said they were going off to college with this vase, right? Like, you put this in your room, you meet a new girl. First thing she's looking at is, oh. What's this? Ashtray. The vase? I mean, it's fine. But it's mine. With the heart? Wait, time out, time out, time out. Are you dodging accountability? Are you saying that it shouldn't matter because there was nothing that he can do with it anyway? Is that what you just said? No, that's not what I'm saying, Bird. What I'm saying... That's what I'm hearing. What I'm saying is... What was you going to, like, what, what, sir, Gorilla Glue, what were you going to do with it anyway? So that validates her actions? No, it doesn't validate. Like, that, that was mean. That was mean. But the fact that that turned Gorilla Glue's heart into, into stone or whatever, <laughs> or whatever he said, like, 
nigga sitting like this face even breaking hearts left and right. Oh, like, <laughs> like, so, like, the next girl, like, had to be punished because you're, because Gorilla Glue spent all this time making this vase and that girl wanted to drop it because I, part of me feels like, let me call him Gigi. Gigi, like, I feel like there's pieces of the story that's just not there. Like, she started acting up, so I decided we need to be single for college. That is kind of playing in my Like, heart. so, like, in my in my head, I'm thinking, like, what was the conversation? Like, for from, from high school sweetheart, what was her, you know, what was her take on this? Was she going with Gigi and getting these flowers, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe she didn't know she was acting up in Gigi's perspective, and now all of a sudden it's like, you know, we need to break up because we're about to go to college, and I want to go to college single. <laughs> like, here you go. Go to college single. So that validates the action. It, I, it does not validate you just, the you just You can't see her, you guys, but she just did, like, the open hand I'm motion. just saying I'm not mad, okay, sis? Don't do it. I'm not – I don't condone it, but I'm not mad you did It's it. interesting, really, how – just the way you kind of wrapped all that together. First, you said there's nothing that he can do with it. Then you said – you got to see it from both sides. It's always funny to me how women can have irrational actions and other women will find some way to connect the dots and almost validate it. Because the whole point from what he said isn't even about, it's not about like the vase, the, the vase and the function of the vase. It's the fact that he took time and effort to make it and she, out of spite, Broke it. Wait, 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 wait. That was her vase. No. Whether she broke it or not, that's her vase. Was it, was, did Gigi give that vase to her as a gift or not? You know what I'd rather, though? I'd rather you not even bring that vase to the whole thing. Like, if you would have thrown it away or whatever on your own time, that's on you. Wait, time out. And what was she just doing? Giving the things back? So, is it not his vase at no. this point of the transaction? Not that yet. is their whole, their whole, he just said that. Gigi, Gigi didn't grab the bag fast enough, so it wasn't his. It wasn't <laughs> his. It was his. <laughs> no, it's, no, see, and let me tell you, the, the, this is the thing, being a man. You be a part of wild, fucked up situations. Just like you're doing right now. Like, I've had people throw things at me. I've had, I really ain't had nobody fucking my car or no shit like that. But I've had, you know, things destroyed, you know, stuff like that. Stuff shattered, whatever. All these completely irrational actions. But it's always funny how women can somehow rationalize it in your mind. Because men, we're so kind of used to it that we be like, damn, nigga, what you do? <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't make it any more right. And, I, and the, my thing is, and like I'm saying, I'm not necessarily saying that that was the best decision to have made. I, however, feel like a lot of times when men tell stories, there are details that they leave out. So they tell these stories of, like, what happened and, you know, just, like, it is irrational subjectively to them how the woman responded. It might not have been the best reaction. However, I just feel like, you know, you know, they say there's, what, three sides to a story? But we can operate in the facts that we have. But I don't even know if these are facts from Gigi. This is no, his perspective. No, no, I'm of just saying, happened. like, if we go by the fact of he said he got out the car to get the bag. Mm-hmm. The only subjective thing that could be is like if she dropped the bag on purpose or not. 
which of course she obviously did. When was the last time you fumbled a handoff? Let's be for, let's be for real. Come on. Oh yeah, true enough. You, but well, obviously it had to be something egregious enough for it to have this kind of imprint on him. So just in the fact of these actions alone, broke up, met to transfer gifts or his his gift. She ain't want him give it to give it to him. She dropped the bag in front of him. Vase shattered. You know what this made me think? Is it proper protocol that I was supposed to get my gifts back when I when I broke up with this? Did he say? Did he say? What did I didn't say? He said I didn't say. Gigi said that he asked for it back. I'm saying that's what I'm like, saying. Is it in the? I don't know. I can't recall. Bring the email back up. It said the day came that we had to break up. Blah, blah, blah. She said she didn't want. Oh, she didn't want any of his stuff. Okay, so she so she like. Fuck this shit. Come, I mean, come get your shit. Oh, yeah, because he said it was something amongst that shit that he needed. Yeah. So it's like, he like, fuck. Like, I got to go get my yeah. shit. So at the end, she was really being spiteful regardless. Because if she didn't feel the need of that base, like, that base was something he said was very passionate to him. So all of a sudden, you make sure that you know the most passionate thing he gave you. You drop in his face. But also, if you read the letter, Gigi said that most of us didn't know that it's a strenuous process. So maybe she just saw the little dollar store looking base and said, you But know, she knew when she received that gift what it meant. She knew, like, come on now. You know what a fucking handmade vase look like. Well, I mean, I don't know what it looked like, but... My daughters give me cards they draw well, put like this. time. Fuck, you know it's handmade because of fucking yeah. the, the date is on it. Right. <laughs> like, he said, like... And they have high school colors and stuff. Yeah, okay, like... Uh, don't be bumping for bullshit, man. Like, okay. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I'm just saying, I don't know all pieces of the story, and I, I you know, I hate it for him. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Like when they when they in the hot seat, they want every detail. They like, hold on, we gotta hear both sides. Let's, let's, like, let's find base breaker. Let's see if we can hit her up and get her side of the story. <laughs> Man, you gotta get the benefit of the doubt. Not to bring it back to that, but. When Tori shot Meg, the first thing every woman yep. said, we ain't got to hear both sides. We don't need to hear shit else. We don't need to hear not a she goddamn thing. She said he shot him. him. So why can't we just go off of what he Y'all said? Y'all said that. Because <laughs> we... I just want to bring... I'll just bring Listen, it up. Bring it up. Because women, we tend to tell more details in the story. Like, look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. No, no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Because they, they, y'all should have seen the way Jay looked up. <laughs> that ain't got when, shit to do with shit. When a woman tells a story, like if something crazy happens and we call up our homegirl, like, girl, let me tell you. I mean, y'all have been on the other ends of probably women telling stories. We going to tell you what happened, where it was going, and let me tell you, like, every single detail. A no, man y'all tell, tell story, details that don't fucking matter. Girl, he came to break up. He had this dusty-ass blue shirt on that I remember he got from his cousin. And then oh, he wore them joys. You know the ones I told you that was a little too tight? But he be taking the soul out of them so his feet can fit in them. So he can wear them bitches over there. Like, that is how y'all tell a story. Whole bunch of shit that don't give you, you know what I, You know how a guy tells a Man, I went over there. Man, that bitch dropped the bag and broke my vase. Subjective. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it doesn't tell us why. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's no details. So that's why it's hard for me to, when a man tells a story, I'm like, what? Give me some more. No, he did. I mean, I feel like he gave the details that matter for the story. That matter to no him. No difference than when I had that, that text message from the group message. Right. Like, when you were mad at Justin, in the text message, say, it don't make sense. He said the things that needed to, to be no. said. Like You got it. Yeah. I understood completely. Uh-uh. 
Yeah, he he sent like two words, and imagine like if there was no context. It was not no two words. It was two words. Listen, man, it might have been three. Look, man, it, it had to be at least four, and I understood that. <laughs> <laughs> Brief is actually the best thing you can do. Effective communication. Yeah. Anyway, Gigi, Gorilla, <laughs> whatever we gonna call you, bro, it ain't your fault, man. It's your fault. It ain't. <laughs> that, you ain't put that dog in you. <laughs> All I'm going to say is, Gigi, I was... Go, go, go get your woman back. <laughs> if all say can do it, you can. Oh, my no, God. I'm just saying, Gigi, I, like, I would like to hear the rest of the story. Nigga, the shit happened. He said the shit happened when, 2006? Oh. Well, shoot, at this point, this could be like one of the MTV shows where we bring Gigi and we bring the high school sweetheart. Oh, my Sweetheart, God. I want to hear her, hear her side. What hey. really happened? No lie, that is actually a great that idea. Is a great, a phenomenal idea. Ooh, we sl- I'm gonna email hey, Gigi back and see if oh. we get the other side of the story. All right, yes. Ooh, hopefully, can we start doing that on the pod? Like, can we have exes come and discuss like a situ- like exes come and discuss like a situation just like this? Like, let's say like they big argument and like they they bring up some old shit that doesn't really have any kind of Function about like their life now. Like let's say they got to arguing and uh, she called his mama ugly or some shit like that. <laughs> you know what though? Like if we could, but then like what happens if they find out that this whole time it's been a big miscommunication? That Nick. might spark some stuff. I don't know if that's good or bad. Still good. Hey listeners, um, don't take our idea. Um, <laughs> we gonna work on this because I like what this could possibly be. We'll call it the Peacemaker. Lord, every every show we're going to come with you a new segment. <laughs> <You ain't lying. laughs> hey, man, listen. Ain't nobody else even trying, so fuck right. that shit, bro. Let, like, let me keep my salt. Let me keep my seasoning. No, nah, hey, we got to get them shirts going. If y'all liked that last uh little uh quote, throwing salt only waste your seasoning. <laughs> Let's go back and look. Yeah, we're going to make some shirts because niggas love shirts. <laughs> True, but look, man, we are gonna wrap up. We already had two hours. Oh my god! I know, and I got a lot to edit. <laughs> so, uh, I'm Bird. I'm April D. J West. To write into the letdown is the Black Card Podcast with the X instead of an A at gmail.com. It's been another episode of the Black Card. Thank you for listening.